Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The Celtics Podcast. All things Celtics. Isaiah. For three. All things green. I got the ball. All things NBA. He believes that he can be a very special player. The Celtics Podcast starts now. Here's WEEI.com's Mike Petralia. Welcome back to another edition of the Celtics podcast brought to you by JBL. My name is Mike Petralia, joined again by Ben Kitchen. Maybe he will produce the podcast in less than five days this time around, and we'll get it up in a timely fashion on the website. I still haven't produced the podcast. I still haven't done it. Yeah, well, that's exactly my point. Yeah. Um, I was away. I had to go. You were away, but apparently you don't get text messages. Apparently you don't respond. Apparently you like to keep the host of the show who comes in every week and makes some time out of his very busy schedule, his very busy multitasking schedule. You like to just keep him in the dark and just kind of go radio silent on him. Yes. Now you know. That's exactly it. So, Ben, do you think that's (laughs) professional to do that? You had to know I was going to open this podcast not talking about Jalen Brown's offensive efficiency or Al Horford's second child on the way. I was busy. I had stuff to do. You were busy, but you had no time to text me back. You don't understand why this bothers me. No, I do do understand why it bothers you. Okay. I understand. It's not going to happen again? I'm not going to make you any promises so like that. you could have said also Anthony Vitale, a great young producer, yeah. an up-and-coming star at WEEI, uh-huh. behind the scenes. You could have said to him last week when you had your personal business to tend to, yes. hey, Anthony, could you take care of this podcast with Trags? I did ask, someone to, I did ask someone to do it, but mm-hmm. I will leave them out of it. Okay, that's fine. I will fine. leave their name out of it. I did ask someone specifically, hey, can you put the intro on it? It's already ready to go. Right. I just need you to put the intro on it and post it. And know- it never happened. And I'll leave them out of it because okay, that's not that's fair, fair to them because they're okay. not here to defend themselves. I, I admire that. You are right. About- I did not ever text you back all weekend. I didn't text anyone back all weekend. That's that's fine. And So you uh- weren't alone. It wasn't like a special I'm ignoring trags. It was a I'm ignoring everybody right now. And I'm also, I have to have the back of Josue Pavon. He also works his ass off. Absolutely. And he goes to games and he helps me on I like our Josue. spectacular videos post game. I think they're Facebook Live. By the way, I'll go off on a Facebook Live rant some other time. But uh, we got a lot of traffic on it on Facebook. And, you know, he does a great job. And I thought, wow, that's a slight to Josue. His first podcast with me. And that's how you do them. He'll deal with it. All right. All right. Let's. Because uh, he'll be back again. If you're still listening to this podcast, let's move on to the Celtics, which we're actually. Oh, they're still listening. They're wondering what the hell's going on. Why are these two is, bickering right now? Well, we're not no, bickering. No. Trax is upset, and that's fine. People know that I rant. People know I'm bitter. People know I'm highly agitated. These and, are all true things. And people know I hate crowds. But anyway, let's get on to the, uh, the, 
yeah. green, and uh, they look a little bit better. Uh, and I think Mark D'Amico with Celtics.com brought up a great point in his postgame analysis. The Celtics are finally starting to beat teams they're supposed to beat. And Monday night, when they beat the Miami Heat, mm-hmm. that was a classic game of, okay, they go on a 7-2 run to open the third quarter and essentially put the game away when they had a 10-point lead. That's what you want to see from the Celtics against an inferior team that was hit hard by free agency in the summer. And their best player is Hassan Whiteside, the leading rebounder in the NBA. Celtics didn't have Al Horford, who stayed back in Boston for the birth of his second child. But the Celtics found a way to beat a bad team. And last year, the reason they didn't get home court advantage in the first round of the playoffs is they had losses to Minnesota, the Lakers at the Garden, Brooklyn, and there was one other team I'm trying to think of. But anyway, they had some hideous losses at home and on the road, both. And it really did cost them in the end. So well, it's funny you bring that up because everyone and, and it still gets brought up even to this day is how last year. Well, we're the only team that beat the Warriors and the Cavaliers on their court. Right. Yeah, well, you also lost the really crappy teams. That's nothing to be uh, four proud of them. Of. And They're, you win any one of those. And you wind up as the number three seed. And and this is Boston. This is a town where we have celebrate championships. We don't celebrate the fact that you beat the eventual champion. In a regular home. season game. Exactly. We don't care about that. And that's right. nothing to really be too prideful about, especially when on the flip side you've lost more games that you should have won than won games that you should have lost. Right. And, so, uh, and the irony of what we just talked about is who are their two losses in their five and two stretch? Golden State mm-hmm. and San Antonio, San Antonio, the two best teams right now, early season NBA. Let, let me just ask you a quick question, really quick. Yeah. What is the best contract, in the most team-friendly contract in the NBA? Is it Avery Bradley's I would say, uh, Avery or Bradley's. Danny Green's? Oh, I would say Avery Bradley. I think Danny Green's a, a terrific player for San Antonio. Absolutely. Uh, he's a very, very good player. But four years, $32 million, $8 million a year for arguably, insane. arguably the second best player, defensive player in, behind Kawhi Leonard in the NBA, Avery Bradley. And he can score. I, and, well, I would certainly say he's a top five defender in the NBA. I, I would say he's right there, right behind Kawhi. Be, uh, I just, you know, when. Oh, by the way, you want to shut off your eye, eye watch? What are you talking about? Nobody heard it. Oh, please. No one when heard I, it. <laughs> I don't care if nobody heard it, Ben. It distracted me from the point I was making. It's my I'm alarm. a stream I of it. consciousness type of host. <laughs> that bothers me. Whatever, dude. I mean, I don't come in and have my phone. It was on, my alarm not for my conference line. call. Whatever. Which okay. I'm skipping. Yeah. Okay. Well, here's a silent ova- uh, standing ovation for you. Uh, anyway. Let's get back to the point of Danny Green versus Avery Bradley. Danny Green's a better offensive player. Yeah. And he's taller. And he's, you know, certainly brings that to the table. He's a little more versatile because of his size. Right. But you're right. Avery Bradley is an elite defender. You say two. I say top five. We're really splitting hairs at that point. But Um, but there's such good team-friendly deals right before the salary cap exploded. And I know Avery's not happy about it. He fired his agent. He fired his agent, exactly. And then you look, and his backcourt mate has another team-friendly deal. It's just brilliant. When you look back and you take a macro view of what's going on with the Celtics, it's been brilliant. Even though we haven't had the success we want yet, but it's been a brilliant uh, way that Danny Ainge has put this team together. 
so far. No question. I mean, the contracts are very well done. Austin Ainge deserves a lot of credit as well. And uh, I think everybody knows that their front office, I think, has things. Michael Zarens, obviously, he's somebody you've got to mention when you mention their front office in terms of their vision. Mm -hmm. But it's funny you say that because uh, before we started recording this, I said I wanted to talk about Jalen Brown and whether or not, Ben, it's too soon to start wondering what they were doing drafting Jalen Brown and is he a fit? Now, I have been a Jalen Brown apologist all along because I think he has the um, intrinsic qualities that you look for in a rookie. That's why I'm surprised you're bringing this up, because you have been on his side. I have been, and I think he has a lot of the intangible qualities. That's the word I was looking for. Intangible qualities that you can't teach, mainly his toughness and his courage, for lack of a better word. He is fearless Mm -hmm. as a rookie in the NBA, and that is something that obviously appealed to Danny and that he could play a physical game and he could play bigger than his size. I mean, he's 6'6", 6'7", but he plays more like 6'8", 6'9". His athleticism allows him to do that. Correct. The fact that he can jump out of a gym allows him to jump out of a gym, play with the trees. But he's not afraid to go in the low post and play. And uh, that's where I understood what Danny Ainge was doing. And... um, you know, Dragon Bender is having a miserable start. I mean, not, I never, I never wanted that guy. Did you want no, that guy? I did no, I did not see him as the next Kristaps Porzingis. And I understand that when you got past the top two in the draft, there was a huge fall off. Mm-hmm. But Jalen Brown, I think, needs to start taking that next step offensively. Whether it's getting to the basket more. And being more aggressive offensively, I think they need more out of him. Don't you? I absolutely think they need more out of him. They, he needs to play with a little more control, too. That's part of his problem. You, you talk he's about a rookie. Him, okay, you're right. He is a rookie, but he still needs to play with a little more control. You, you talk about that fearlessness. I think that fearlessness sometimes gets in his own way because it, it makes him do things that he thinks he can get away with in the NBA that he doesn't know that he can't get away with yet. So I... I'm still encouraged by certain signs I see from him. But when you look at back of the draft and you look down from the third pick on back, who, who, which one of these guys would you rather have taken? The way they perform so far. Right. I mean, I, I would have to go with Jalen Brown, I guess. The only other guy would be Chris Dunn. Right. The only other guy. And you didn't really need that. No, you didn't. And that would have meant them probably trading. You, you, you could look at it this way, Ben. If you take... Chris Dunn, then you can trade either Isaiah or Avery, and I think they would probably get more for Avery Bradley because the contract is so team-friendly, um, and he's such a defensive shutdown player. Uh, you could have looked at it that way if you take Chris Dunn. But Jalen Brown has the most upside in terms of being you know, a physical front-court guy, a high-energy guy. Uh, I mean, if you look at his numbers, they're not terrible. I mean, he's averaging 14 and a half minutes a game. Uh, he's shooting 43% Which is um, better than anyone from the field. Thought. And you know what? <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, Buddy Heald, do you see how bad his three-point shooting is, his numbers? They're 25%. Oof. That's bad. That's really bad. Jalen Brown is at 32%. And that's about what you would expect. Not great, not terrible, um, and not, but right in the middle of what I think you would expect for 
a first-year NBA player. I will definitely take those shooting percentages, 43 from the, uh, from the field, 32 from behind the line. I'll take those for a rookie who is a guy that everyone said his biggest flaw is he can't shoot. I'll take that. And, I mean, 2.2 rebounds, whatever. Uh, I, I'm not sweating that yet. But the thing with Jalen Brown is, how does he look? What's the eye test? Because if there's any player on the Celtics I think you're judging right now based on the eye test, it's Jalen Brown, right? More so than anyone else. No question. Because Jalen Brown is the kind of guy who will play through with energy. He'll jump through the building, like mm-hmm. we said, and he can play bigger than his size. We've got to keep monitoring the situation. I'm not ready to jump off kind of like you are. You're not fully jumping off. You're taking a toe off the boat right now. I'm just wondering, could they have done something else with that third pick? And I'm sure a lot of Celtics fans are wondering, you know, that's why there was that reaction. What was the rumor? The rumor was dealing that pick for Okafor. Right. the 76ers. And and we talked to Joe Sway and I in that podcast that took six days to produce last week. Mm -hmm. Talked about... Uh, Okafor last week and what an Okafor on the Celtics would mean. And Rob Bradford, my boss, my esteemed boss, says you got to talk about, you know, why aren't the Celtics making more waves for DeMarcus Cousins? My thinking is you go to a team like Philly, which is looking to unload one of their bigs, and primarily they're looking to unload Okafor. You put Okafor in that front court again on Friday against San Antonio with the Celtics, I think the Celtics have a good chance of pulling that game out because I think he's probably worth four to six points, which is you lost the game, 109-103. I, I would rather do a deal with the 76ers for any one of their bigs. You're not going to get Embiid. I've seen no, enough. No, you're not. You're not. But I'd rather. what I'm saying is I'd rather deal for any one of their bigs because I know I'm going to have to pay a little bit less for, DeMarcus, uh, for them rather than DeMarcus Cousins. And... I, you can control them a little bit longer, they're much younger, and they're not head cases like DeMarcus Cousins. Now, DeMarcus Cousins is probably the most talented big. He's the most polished and ready-to-go big, a little bit more than Okafor. Because, first of all, he's a better rebounder, and um, Okafor is a, you know as good an offensive player. But Cousins would probably cost you more, yes. Okafor is probably a better shootout, shooter from 10 feet out. Right, but Demarcus Cousins' low post game is the best in the NBA. It's the best in the NBA. Whereas you look at Anthony Davis and you look at Carl Anthony Towns; those guys yeah. are better shooters, but they can't do what Cousins can do in the paint. They just can't. Nobody in the NBA can do what he can do in the paint right now, at least. I'd still rather go to the Seventy Sixers and get one of their bigs, whether it's Okafor or Noel. Let's throw and beat out. Right, throw him out. I would still take Noel. I would still take Noel on this team as a defensive stopper and a guy who can just gobble up rebounds and block shots. Look, look at what uh, uh, Hassan Whiteside has become down in Miami. Right, 14 and a half rebounds, but he's their Second the only in the league piece. in blocks. Right. He, you're right, he is their only piece. And it is a lot different when you are the focal point of a team. I always go back to Chris Bosh. Remember Chris Bosh in Toronto? Yeah. He was yeah. an all-star. He was a really, really good player, and he loaded up the stat sheet. When he got down to Miami, mm-hmm. it took him a while to get going. It took him a long while to get going. Once he did, he regained some of that form, but he was never that dominant player that he was in Toronto because he wasn't the focal point anymore. Some guys just need to be the focal point. Look, with the Celtics, where they are right now, have won 10 of their first 17 games. They got through a rough rough patch without Al, uh, without Al Horford. And we haven't talked really about 
the significance of bringing Al Horford back into this lineup. Uh, the only game that they have lost recently with Horford in it was the San Antonio yeah. game. And I got to tell you, if Al Horford stays healthy, this team will finish in the top four in the Eastern Conference. Do you have any doubt about that? Um, four or five. I, 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 right about where you are, I think they would finish as well. So the because point. Also, some of those Eastern Conference teams have gone down in the last two years. Like you look at teams like Washington; they're not very good anymore. But you're I, better I, than Atlanta. Are you better than Atlanta? Yes. Are you better than the Bulls? Yes. yes. Oh, I, Bulls scare me though. Yep. Are you better um, than the Raptors? I think they are. They should be. I don't I like think the they Raptors will be, team no, at all. I think they will be better than the Raptors. You're not better than the Cavaliers. No. Obviously. So you're you're looking at a number. You're shooting for the second seed in the Eastern Conference, realistically. Mm-hmm. Okay. This team is totally capable of it if Al Horford plays 75 games. The other thing we haven't talked about is the impact of Jay Crowder since he's been back. He has been, as advertised, their best low when he plays. He's... I think their best defender, their best versatile defender on the post, right? Do you, are you concerned with them? You know, they put him on a minutes restriction. I think it was about 15 minutes a game, right? Well, Since no, it was back. 20 to 25, and he 20 wasn't to 25. Happy, happy with it. Whatever it was, 20 to 25, right. and then he eclipsed that last night. Are you worried about them going over their own restrictions with him, no. a guy who's coming back from an ankle injury? I am not. No. Because I'm not really either, but they made a big deal out of it last night, and I didn't okay. think there was a big deal to I'm be made. I'm glad you brought that up because, you know— in Philly, and I follow that team pretty closely. I have a lot of ties down yeah. there. There's so much trusting in the process, minutes restrictions on all their young players, and I sort of get protecting them. But at some point, you've got to have a training staff that says, okay, these guys, like in football, and yep. football's more rigorous. Yep. Once these guys are cleared to play, they're cleared to play. You don't say, well, go out there and play 20 or 25 minutes but we don't want you to tax yourself too much, I hate then that. they shouldn't be playing. Yeah, I, I, I 100% agree with you. I'm like, what's the point? There were never these minutes restrictions. And look, the obvious comparison here is pitch counts. Okay, pitch counts <sighs> in baseball became all the uh, rage in the 90s and early 2000s when Leo Mazzoni was saying with the Atlanta Braves, you, you're getting it all wrong. The more pictures pitch... The better they are, the stronger they are, the more endurance. It's the same in basketball. The more you play, the more endurance you build up. If your ankles are ready to go, they're ready to go. They're not going to be any weaker because you're running on them more. They're just not. No, they're going to be stronger because you're building up the muscle. It's it's a runner. It's a marathoner. They have to get out there and run and keep running and keep pushing themselves as hard as they can so they can get ready for a marathon. Right. And Same thing with all these other athletes. They need to keep pushing it and pushing it to the limit. More to the point, Ben, if you're telling an athlete, oh, you can only play 20 or 25 minutes, then the athlete's like, well, they really are concerned that I'm going to re-injure myself. And if they put that seed of doubt in their head, some athletes, not all of them, but some of them are going to doubt themselves and go, am I going to get hurt again? That is ridiculous to do that to a professional athlete. You say, train yourself. When you're ready to come back, you're ready to come back. Go. Well, I think what you just said is absolutely accurate about the athlete's mindset, and I think the other side of that, too, is some of these athletes will go, okay, I'm only getting 20 minutes here. I'm going to try and do more than I'm capable of. That's an excellent point. And that's when you get this snowball effect, and they start playing really poorly and trying to play out of their shoes, and they're doing a disservice for the team. 
I, I'm going to try to, and I don't know how successful I'll be, but I'll try to ask Ed Lassert, the trainer who has been with the Celtics for 30 years. Yep. Back in the day, were you worried about minutes restrictions? And I'm sh- pretty sure the answer would be no, that the attitude was different back then. It's changed now. And you obvi- I, that's an interesting question. I'm, I'm, I would wonder what he says, especially as it relates to Bird and his back. Right, obviously. And, that, that would be the one caveat. I don't but, think with anyone but, else they cared. But that was a physical ailment that limited yeah. him. And th- th- that's a little bit different than saying to a fully healthy Jay Crowder, um, yeah, we don't want you playing too much because you may re-injure the ankle. Well, yeah. if, if there's that kind of concern for the ankle, and it's different than the back, then what's he doing playing in the yeah, first exactly. place? But anyway. One, one last thing I want to bring up with you before we go yeah. is Marcus Smart from last night. A couple of things stood out to me. One, I'm going to go back to this well. You were absolutely right. He's clearly, clearly head and shoulders above everyone else as in terms of being a leader on this mm-hmm. team. Two, Dude, you got to start making your free throws. 55%. Oh, not my good. God. And last night he gets put on the line for a tech. Hack of smart. Oh, or it was it a flagrant or a tech? I can't even remember. It must have been a flagrant. He just can't hit his free throws. It is brutal. He shoots like he doesn't care about them either. He just flicks the ball up. Yeah, 55.2%. And that's, that's really what, bad. For a guard. That's like Chris Dudley territory. Uh, I'm concerned. That, yeah, that's going to be a problem going forward, especially if he's in late close games as a defensive player, right? Which you need him to be. You need him to be, certainly. Uh, If that's the case, then you're definitely going to send him to the line. And last night you saw him get so frustrated that he drew a technical because he punched back. Yeah. And that's just going to happen. So, obviously, yeah, I'm a little concerned about Mark. He's too reactive. Uh, he's he's infinitely better now than he was two, three years ago as a rookie. Absolutely. I mean, he's much better now. He's going to be reactive. He's intense, but he's more in control of himself. I'm not as worried. I'm not as worried about him losing control and, you know, getting into a fight as I am him hitting free throws. Free throws are a mental thing and a technique thing. He's just got to work at it and spend extra time after practice. I think that's going to be a wrap. Are you high on paint in this room, by the way? I am redo- flying high right oh now. Oh, my God. The fumes are killing me. Well, I've got a sinus headache, and the uh, fumes are adding to my misery. So and- let's get the hell out of here. Yeah, I think that's a probably a pretty good idea. I would like to remind people that they can follow Ben Kitchen on Twitter at YoungBenWEI. They can follow me at Trags, T-R-A-G-S. We'll have your Celtics coverage on the Green Street blog on WEEI.com. Until next time, this has been the Celtics Podcast brought to you by JBL. He's Ben Kitchen. I'm Mike Petralia. See you next time. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.